2: Guys, listen to this. Charlie, 20 years old, from North Carolina. Listen to this. This is poetic. Charlie, 20 years old, from North Carolina, is known as the Hawaiian shirt guy, but feels like he is more than that. Is that not the greatest premise of a phone call on this show that you have ever heard? I don't know how the phone call... Is going to go, but the premise. Gex? Hello?
3: Hey,
1: Gex. What's How you on? doing?
2: Um, I'm doing okay. I'm hanging out. I'm being a gecko. I'm talking to people on the phone. What's going on with you?
3: You know, it's the summertime, and in the summertime, I like to wear Hawaiian shirts. Well, actually, I like to wear Hawaiian shirts. Anytime I can. Back at school, I wear Hawaiian shirts almost every day. Just because I like how they look. I have three main reasons for liking them. I like the patterns. And I like the like fabric. But I also like not wearing a shirt. And I feel like whenever you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt, you can just unbutton it so that you don't have to wear it all the way.
2: This is absolutely fascinating. Charlie, it says here... That you are known around town as the Hawaiian shirt guy.
3: But well, that you, you, feel, like you, that. But yeah, you feel like you, you know are what? more than that. But you feel like you are more than that. I believe that I cannot be. Because here's the thing I- if someone walks around every day and wears a t shirt, like just different t shirts, no one's going to yeah. spot that. But because it's a Hawaiian shirt, it's like, oh, this guy, this guy is just that dude. He's the Hawaiian shirt guy. I'm just a guy wearing clothes because it feels good. You know what I'm saying?
2: You say you feel like you are more than just the Hawaiian shirt guy. When you are describing what more you are, what more are you?
3: Hmm, That's a. that's a good question that's a good one i think i think i'm somewhat of a of a comedian i've grown up listening to comedy studying comedy i studied stand up oh yeah and i feel like that i have the ability to make people laugh when ever okay but i also think that i'm like a guy
2: yeah no, go ahead. You finish first, then I'll give you my thoughts.
3: I think I'm a. Uh, I think that I'm just uh, an all-around good dude that just likes to just likes to be silly. I'm not silly. I like to be funny. I like making people happy.
2: Can I bring up an idea to you? And I want to get your thoughts on it.
3: I'd love to hear it. Okay.
2: You're upset that people know you as the Hawaiian shirt guy because you believe that there's more to you than that. You believe that you want want people to see you as funny. You want people to see you as silly and as entertaining. And what if I told you that I think that within the perception of you as the Hawaiian shirt guy lies all of those things. Being funny, being silly, being entertaining is part of the identity of you as the Hawaiian shirt guy. So in reality, well, here's the here...
4: mm-hmm.
2: people perceiving you as the Hawaiian shirt guy is them perceiving you as all those things.
3: I agree, but I feel like sometimes people only see me that when I'm in the Hawaiian shirt. Like, for instance, I went to class one day. I go and I go to a um, less class, more of an office hours with all my friends. And I wasn't wearing a Hawaiian shirt. I was just wearing like a polo because I thought, hmm, I'll dress up differently. And and, And everyone was like, are you all right? doesn't seem like you're uh, doing okay today. I was like, why? And they said, well, you're not wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And that's what kind of set me off. That's when I thought to myself, hold up now. Am I just that guy to them now? Am I the guy that always wears a Hawaiian shirt? Is that what see me as?" What's your name? Charlie.
2: Charlie, I think that you need to be less worried about people's perceptions of you
3: yeah yeah that's true i feel like i feel like the people should just wear them more often you know i feel like that if you came in on a stream with like your gecko get get up and then a hawaiian shirt over it people would feel more comforted i don't know i'm just throwing that out there just an idea
2: also, look, here's another thing. If you're going yeah. around telling every single person you meet that they need to start wearing a Hawaiian I shirt. wear a And you wear a Hawaiian shirt Oh, no. You,
5: I've
3: done this to myself. You're
2: Hawaiian shirt guy. <sighs> That's so true. That's so you're, true. Ca- you're digging your own grave here.
3: So then I, should, I shouldn't I should pitch it, but I shouldn't not wear it. You know? I can still wear it. I can be comfortable with it. I just don't have to like spread, I don't have to spread the word of Hawaiian shirtness to people. I'm not trying to get everyone to be like me. I just gotta be myself.
2: I knew when I picked up this phone call that we were gonna hash out some very complex character development and I'm so glad that I was right.
4: Dude, this
3: is this is so cool. I'm I'm really vibing with this right now. Cause you know what? I've been like thinking to myself because I've been listening to so many of your videos. I'm like, I feel like the deck can help me out with this.
2: Charlie, you love wearing Hawaiian shirts.
3: I love wearing Hawaiian shirts. And honestly, if you give me like a lay that they wear in Hawaii, I love wearing those
2: too. You'd wear Hawaiian pants. Oh, you said lay. I Charlie, you, yeah, know, what? I you know what? I have. have by the way, pants. I have another. I have another solution for you. I have another solution for you. Okay. Okay. Move to Hawaii. Because there, everyone's the Hawaiian shirt guy. I actually don't know if that's true. I don't know if people in Hawaii wear Hawaiian shirts, but if everyone's the Hawaiian shirt guy, Aren't you know Hawaiian what that means. You know what that means, Charlie? And no one. That means no one's the Hawaiian shirt guy. But I don't think you should be taking that drastic measures, Charlie. I think you should just do what you do when you live your life and not care about how you're being perceived as much. That's my final I, answer to you I'm, on this subject.
3: I think, that that's, I think that's the best answer that I've heard, given you're the only person I've really talked to about it.
2: Are you afraid to talk to other people about this?
3: Well, I mean, like, it's not a real subject. You can't do- go up to someone and be like, man, I don't like how people call me the a shirt guy. Because then they're like, what are you talking about? What
2: like, do you mean this you is, is not a real subject? Talk? This is as real of a subject as it gets. This is a very... Like, I know you're fucking around, but this is a manifestation right. of you caring about other people's opinions of you, which is a thing that everybody deals with. This is it's a... Extremely common human struggle, so I'm not. I wouldn't say that this is not uh, a real issue. You know, this is this is yeah. Uh, as, as real I an don't issue know. I, feel like
3: that, like, I, I guess I, like when someone says something to me, like like why aren't you wearing a Hawaiian shirt today? Are you feeling alright? I kind of just play along. I'm like oh haha yeah you know. I should have worn one. I'm like, but should I have? Like, you don't have to like tell me what to wear.
2: Charlie, do you feel like you learned something from this
3: call? Yeah, man. I learned about self-love or something to that extent.
2: That's good enough. Anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go?
3: uh enjoy your enjoy yourself this summer wear whatever you want do whatever you want cause it's nice now
2: thank you for calling Charlie
3: Hi, love you bud
2: I see I knew that was gonna be a great call because there was um I like anything any call that uh has some character development in it or has, um, you know, deep conflicting feelings about one's identity. I think that that's a uh, compelling drama. And I feel like there was a lot of compelling drama to Charlie's character as he's figuring out, even to himself, Not, I know we talked a lot about like, oh, you shouldn't care what other people think about you, but he was also struggling... Proving to himself, which is the most important thing, that he is more than the Hawaiian shirt guy. But I think he's going to figure it out. Next phone call. Hello. Uh, Hi, is this Kat?
6: Uh, Yes, it is. Hello, Mr. Wild Gecko.
2: Uh, What's going on with you, Kat?
6: Having some relationship struggles, kind of.
2: Um, what kind of relationship struggles?
6: So, back in February, I met this girl. She was really nice. We hit it off. We were dating for three months, and then we broke up, which sucks, but it was, like, it was mutual. And fast forward to now, I have met a an, another girl who like vaguely remind, reminds me of the first girl. And I'm... Um, I'm trying to, like figure out in my head if it's like a rebound relationship r- or not. It's been a lot to think about.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna say what the call screener said, and I want to kind of make a little bit of yeah. sense of it. It says you broke up. Right, I mean, this is just re- you know this is what you just said yeah. just now, but you uh, were dating a girl. Uh, you're seeing a new girl. You said this new girl reminds you of your old girlfriend, and it says you are quote worried that this new one is a rebound. What does yeah. that mean?
6: I'm worried that you like are a worried that she's a rebound. I'm worried that it's like a rebound relationship and like and then I'm like only interested in her because like because of how much I miss the first girl.
2: Sure. Interesting. You are, you're, okay, you're having conflicting feelings about this, and you're feeling like, oh, am I just using this person as a way of getting over my girlfriend, or because she reminds me of my girlfriend, and you're worried about if the foundation of this relationship is uh, coming from a legitimate place. Yeah, exactly. How long were you dating your uh, old girlfriend for? Uh, Three months, almost four. Okay, three months, and was that your first time in a relationship?
6: Uh, first time in like a in like a serious relationship. Like it was like both of ours, like, like, like it was three months, but, but it like felt like longer, you know.
2: Um. Huh. What is it that you like about this new person?
6: We both have autism, and so. They kind of, like, understand, a, they use, like, I call them my girlfriend, but they use, they use their pronouns. But, like, I, I, they're really understanding for when I have, like, like, mental health stuff. They're really smart and just, like, just really, like, really emotionally mature. Sure. And we just, like, really click, I guess.
2: Hmm. Um. Okay. So this person, you said that they're, they're a non-binary person, right?
1: Hmm.
2: Okay. Word. So I mean, here's the thing. You you're expressing to me that uh, you're worried that you only like this person because they remind you of your past girlfriend. But when I asked you just now, what about um? this this new uh uh, person you're dating is attractive to you you listed a bunch of reasons that have nothing to do with your old girlfriend you said that um they're also autistic and you guys kind of bond over that they said that you you said you guys just click uh just in general you have good chemistry you listed a bunch of reasons that have nothing to do with your old girlfriend i think that's a good sign because if you weren't able to answer that question and you were able to, and you, or if you answered it with something like, you know, I just don't want to be alone or I just want someone who reminds me of the past, you know, then I would be like, yeah, maybe you're onto yeah. something there. But, um, that's, that's not how you answered the question. You answered the question very legitimately.
6: Yeah. Like, like, but the thing is, my ex was also autistic and we also wandered over that. Okay. And, and like, I thought that we also clicked, but I mean, we broke up,
2: which... I don't know, it's weird. Um, yeah, but I I don't think that your past relationships need to define your, your current ones. Can I also introduce another idea to you? Because uh, it sounds like it was not that much time in between the uh, old girlfriend and the new partner. Um, have you yeah, spent... I mean... You're only 19 years old. Have you spent... An extended mm-hmm. period of time just alone?
6: Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Put a lot of trauma there.
2: Well, why is there trauma there and just being, you know, not having a partner?
6: Uh, I tried to, like, 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 I tried to start dating when I was, like, 15, I think, and my parents were against that, and... Long story short, I got sent to this like troubled teen industry place, which was really terrible, and yeah, that wasn't great.
2: Okay, but uh, so, but I'm asking like, you know, you said you, I mean, you're only 19. Like, mm-hmm. well, I guess what I'm asking is like, in your in your short span of adult life, have you spent time just? being alone and not in a relationship with a person. And I ask that I ask this to every person who calls here talking about relationship issues because I I do think it's very important. Yeah.
6: I mean
2: Okay, guess not. Okay. And I'm not saying that to say, hey, go break up with your partner right now and, and fucking go do that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying like, you know, if you rushed out of this old relationship and you're rushing into this new one, you maybe, I don't know if you've, and I don't, and I, I genuinely don't know the answer. I'm not trying to prod you either way, but maybe yeah, you yeah. didn't give yourself enough breathing room here. Yeah. To just be like, okay, who, who is cat? Who am I in this world? But what, what do you, what do you tell me about what you do outside of your romantic relationships? Are you in school? Are you working? What do you do?
6: Uh, I'm working on my GED. I was trying to find a work-from-home job because, you know, autism, and I'm trying to get back into art. I play video games, hang out with my okay. cat. I go on like nature walks pretty often.
2: Okay. Um, you said you said because of your autism, you're trying to find a work-from-home job. Are you <laughs> are you adverse to um, going outside and, and being around people and whatnot?
6: Oh yeah. Definitely.
2: Okay, sure. Um, does any part of you have a desire to overcome that, or are you feeling very comfortable with uh, uh, your, the way you live your life now?
6: I mean, I guess somewhat. I just, I just like, 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 I feel like now is like not the time because, like, I'm also trying. I'm trying like move out and stuff, yeah. which like. Like, obviously, it requires a steady income. So i trying to fix like yes. on that before I, like, try and, like, push my boundaries more.
2: Yes. You have a lot going on. You have, like, 5,000 different oh, yeah. things that you're trying to figure out yeah, seriously, in, like- in this moment. Um, so don't stress. That's why I'm saying... That's why I said to you about the whole, like, how long have you spent some time just being single, being by yeah. yourself? Because you are dealing with all this shit. You're trying to find a job. You're trying to... Um, you know, move out. You're trying to do all this shit. And then you also have this relationship on top of it. Um, so just like, you know, it sounds like this, this person that you met um, is a good, and I'm not just talking about romantically. I'm talking just as a you know, person in your life. It sounds like it's a good person yeah. to have in your life. Cause it's a person you can relate to a person you click with, but um, don't, at this very moment in your life put all your eggs in their basket because you have a lot going on with yourself yeah. that it sounds like you need to give proper attention to as well.
6: Yeah.
2: Does that resonate at all? I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life.
6: Well, it does. It, does. it makes okay. a lot of sense, actually.
2: Yeah. Um. What's your name? Cat Cat. Is there anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go?
6: Uh, don't let other people tell you how to live your life unless it's good advice.
2: Unless if they're um, a Hollywood movie star. Like if Brad Pitt tells you to start wearing uh, 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 blue socks or something, you should do it. Because he might give you money.
6: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Don't let anyone tell you what to do unless if they're going to give you a lot of money to do it. That's what I say. True. True. Thank you for calling, Kat.
3: Of course. Have a good day. Jared? Hello?
2: What's up, Jared? What's going on? How can I get you today?
4: Uh well, I don't know, you've probably read the prompts, but I wanted to talk to you about my uh I think it's rational, but irrational fear of Ceiling fans, uh, more specifically, uh, ceiling fans that are going at a high speed.
2: Am I in your car right now? Am I in your car, speaker?
4: Yeah, you're in my car. You uh, no, you're you actually, I am driving, yeah.
2: Can you pull over? Yeah.
4: yeah Where are you driving to towards?
2: Uh,
4: I'm going home from work right now.
2: Okay, are you on a highway or are we on like just a street thing?
4: Yeah, we're on a highway, but I can. There's an exit
2: right here. All right, what's what's on the exit? Is there any like you know how right before the exit there's like signs that are like here? There's a McDonald's here and uh, a Jolly Rogers here. Yeah, yeah. Roy Rogers or Roy Rogers? What's what's at the exit?
4: Um. Not quite there yet. I think I know this okay. road, though. There's a
2: gas station like, right on the side of the road. Okay. All right, so in the meantime, while we're waiting, um, you have what you consider to be rational, but what others are telling you is irrational, of a fear of ceiling fans going at a high speed. Tell me uh, yeah. your rationale for this fear.
0: Um.
4: So when I was younger... I shared a room with my brother and um, I was on the top bunk and so a part of my bed was like right underneath the ceiling fan and so sometimes when I would wake up and get down to go to the bathroom or something I would hit my head on the ceiling fan while I was going and it hurt really bad and um, so I think that's probably the reason why they make me uneasy, uh, just because of the, the scarring from when I was younger. But I also don't just don't trust the blades. I've seen too many of the blades fall off and just fly who knows where. Um, but, yeah, I think that's where where the, uh, the fear comes from. It's
2: funny. I, I think I've been in various rooms... Where there were bunk beds. Where I've also noticed that the top bunk is dangerously close to the ceiling fan. Um, and yeah, I, don't I mean know. the
4: ceiling fan is right above where I was.
2: And how old were you when when this was your arrangement?
4: Uh, so I shared a room with my brother since I was four when I started sharing it with him. Yeah. And this is something I think that he um, moved out of that room.
2: Go ahead, please.
4: Go ahead, sorry. No, no, you. Oh, um, um, he uh, he moved out of that room when he was like eighteen, so I think I was like twelve. Uh, so that's when I started to use the bottom bunk.
2: This is something you gotta confront your parents about, you know? Because why on earth? I don't. know. I I, I I never thought about this until you're making me think about it just now. But when I was a kid, I was like, man, these fucking. Top bunks, because I've been in rooms like this before, like at whatever, you know, staying at cousins' houses or some shit, where there's a, a, a top bunk that's dangerously close to the ceiling fan. And now that I'm thinking about it retrospectively, what fucking moron put the bed there?
4: Yeah, there were multiple places in where they could have put the bed, but they chose to put it. Where my head was almost directly underneath
2: the ceiling fan. Why the so fuck did they do that? Up, you need to confront uh, your I, parents. I'm like angry for you because now I'm thinking about times when I've also been on a top bunk and hit my head on the fucking ceiling fan. Why the fuck did, did anyone put it there? Conf- you should confront your parents about this.
4: Yeah, I think yeah, I think I should. I I, I tell them sometime when I'm over at their house now because I'm moved out now. But when I when I'm at their house. And they have the ceiling fan in the living room on all the way up. I would just turn it down a couple notches. And I tell them, I'm like, it's because you, you you scarred me from when I was younger. And they're just like, oh, you're fine. And then they just turn it back up. But they, they don't get it.
2: This is something that you need to confront your parents about. You need to ask them why they would make the decision to put the bunk bed so close to the ceiling fan especially when there were obviously several other options of places to put it you need to ask them why they made that decision and you need to confront them about it
4: yeah i think i think so too yeah for sure because it makes absolutely i'm I'm going to talk to them about that this weekend yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. It's like they wanted me. Maybe they were trying to make me tougher or something in some sadistic way.
2: Really? You think they might have done it intentionally as a way to make you tougher?
4: I mean, I don't know. I'm just I'm just kind of spitballing. I'm just trying to rationalize, I guess, because I feel like my parents wouldn't wear smarter than that, but maybe they're not.
2: Do you think it worked?
4: Um, I consider myself tough, I guess, but I'm also pretty emotionally absent. I've, I've always struggled having emotions.
2: And you think that that might have something to do with the ceiling fan near the top bunk?
4: Uh, I think there's probably more to do with it than that, but I... I I
2: think that that probably didn't help. No. It's a thousand different places you could put the bunk bed. I don't know why they would put it underneath the ceiling fan. And I'm so glad that you called in and that we could talk about this because I haven't thought about this in a while. I've been in several rooms where, and it's weird this is a recurring phenomenon, and I'm sure that there's other people in the chat and people listening to this that have experienced this as well. And we can all kind of collectively gather in frustration, why did this thing that didn't need to happen, happen?
4: Yeah, for sure.
2: Well, I hope you overcome this. I'm rooting for you. And I hope that your confrontation with your parents is helpful to you in overcoming this.
4: Thank you, thank you
2: anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go Jared
4: uh, no not really just I love what you do I've listened to everything that you've put out so far and I love it I listen to it at work all the time and I just appreciate what you do and thank it you Jared people out it helps me out a lot
2: thank you Jared I appreciate that man thank you for calling
4: yep thank you
2: God, what a strange memory that Jared's brought back for me and for possibly a lot of people listening. I I understand in certain floor plans where the ceiling fan is so centered and the bunk bed is big where like maybe an edge of it is there. But it feels like an avoidable problem. So there is weight to the idea that it was done intentionally. And I hope if it was, it was done for good reasons. That I can't think of right now as to what those reasons could be, but... Maybe Jared will call back and we'll get an answer. Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Jake.
5: Uh, yes, this is Jake.
2: Well, what now? Uh,
5: this is, I'm, I'm assuming this is Jake.
2: This is, you know what? This is somebody that you are on the phone with. <laughs> and you are on the phone and I am on the phone. What do we do now? Where do we go from here,
5: Jake? Tell me. If I'm not mistaken, I believe we talk. Okay. By, uh, what is it? I, I wanted to talk about uh, spitting in food at a fast food restaurant. Okay.
2: You wanted to talk about spitting in food at fast food restaurants. And uh, yep. uh, please elaborate. I
5: would love to hear more about this. Uh, well, uh, I, work, I work at Chick-fil-A in, in Wyoming. So there's, there's nothing here. Uh, and, you know, we... Uh, we occasionally get uh, quote-unquote Karen uh, spit in their food. Um, yeah, but we have to say a prayer first, uh, considering it's Chick-fil-A.
2: Okay, so you're telling me that you work at a Chick-fil-A in Wyoming. You occasionally yep. get quote-unquote Karens, and when you do, you spit in That's their
5: food. correct. Yeah.
2: Okay. Tell me about something a person did to make you want to spit in their food.
5: Um, well, I, I've worked, I've worked in the kitchen and, and the in and the front, um, and I got I got slapped by a customer once, and uh, she threw her drink at me. Um, and we still we still served her, and uh, that 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 would be the first time I, I spit in somebody's food.
2: She slapped you. Why did she slap you? How did the situation escalate to that point?
5: Uh, you know, uh, I took I took her order, and uh, we we ran out of waffle fries very very early in the in the morning.
2: You ran out of waffle fries, and so she slapped you. Yeah. Really?
5: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that was it. It was it was a nice slap though. If I if I had to rate it, I'd I'd probably put it up there seven. You're, uh, I you're was telling seven me,
2: and you know, listen. Here's the thing: is I I don't I don't have your job, so maybe I'm not as keyed into, um, you know, how intense people can get over nothing. Maybe I don't have as, as much of a barometer on that as you do. But you're telling me there really is no, nothing else that happens in this situation. No, she you said, you're telling me that it went like this. You said She said, I would like uh, a fucking chicken sandwich and some waffle fries. You said, sorry man, we're out of waffle fries. And then she slaps you across the face. You're telling me that's how it happened.
5: Uh, well, you know, she she said that, how, how could we be out of waffle fries? That uh, I made a careless mistake. And I told her that, you know, I had nothing to do with the waffle fries situation. And uh, I received a slap. You received a slap, and uh, you served that's, that's her anyway.
6: That's
5: how that happened. Uh, we yeah, my my manager had us serve her, so that would, mm. that that's what started this, this apoc- apocalyptic. Because uh, you know, look right food. when
2: she slaps you, I think uh, that's that's when it's time to possibly get the authorities involved and and get her on down to <laughs> uh, you know booked for assault. Well, it's
5: Wyoming. So, I, I'm, so sure, I'm sure. I'm sure a cop would have came out.
2: Hold on, what does that mean? It's Wyoming, so.
5: Well, it's it's you know there's there's nothing that goes on here. It's it's a bunch of small towns and you know uh, a crazy occasional hillbillies come in. Mm-hmm. You know, they might pee on the floor and uh, they might not. Do they not have societal infrastructure in Wyoming? I wouldn't be surprised if the answer is yes. I, I wanna I wanna say yes, but I feel like there there might be some parts in Wyoming that do. So Okay.
2: Well, what's your name? Jake. Jake, do you desire to get out of Wyoming? Do you see more for yourself?
5: I I, I do see I do see more more for myself. Uh, I don't think what do you see? I don't think Wyoming is the place for me. Um I see, I see, I see a future in in maybe a bigger city, some someplace like Chicago, um, maybe maybe you know somewhere in Arizona like Phoenix. Uh, just kind of just kind of living living a somewhat better life.
2: What does a better life look like to you?
5: Um, you know, not getting not getting slapped over waffle fries. I think I think that stuck with me, pretty yeah. pretty pretty hard.
2: Yeah, you know, I see that for you too, Jake. I think that there are better there's a better future ahead for you. That doesn't involve getting slapped over waffle fries. I'm still shocked that this woman
5: how old was she, do you think? Uh late late forties, early fifties. <laughs> late 50s. If I wouldn't be
2: mistaken. Let's, you know what's crazy to me about people like that? Is This woman's in her 50s. This woman's in her 50s and she's still acting. I mean, if the story is as you told it and she slapped you all out of waffle fries, that means that it's been 50 years and of this woman acting like this. 50 years is a long time. And whenever I see a, like an old, angry person, I always think like, man, uh, what kind of fucking carnage? must have gone on in this woman's life like what's the worst thing this woman's ever done it must have been insane if she's out here slapping people for waffle fries I mean, like what's she doing to her family what's her situation like with you know all the people that she comes yeah. into contact with over her 50 years
5: on earth you know i, I never never really thought of that aspect i mean she could have she could have been having you know an off day something horrible could have happened too uh, that doesn't that yeah. doesn't excuse the slap. It was a very hard slap. My eyes watered up a little.
2: No, of course it doesn't excuse the slap. I'm just thinking about it. Not not even. I'm not even thinking about it in terms of, of creating a sympathetic tone. I'm just thinking about it in terms of like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm aghast at the uh, fact that she's been alive for 50 years, like probably mm-hmm. slapping people. Mm-hmm. over miscellaneous bullshit all the time like that's a cra that's a crazy how do you live to 50 like that that's wild i don't it,
5: understand yeah um you know she she was the the stereotypical you know uh karen she she had the 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 bob cut and uh she she just seemed angry uh, i feel like i feel like even even at the start she uh, wanted to start start uh, a problem, cause an issue. It was is in the we tone are... of her voice.
2: I'm gonna tell you this. What is it? Okay, before we go, what is it? And you said you want to move to a big city. What do you want to do in this big city?
5: Uh, I wanna I wanna become something. I wanna be more than what I am now. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna tell I'm gonna give you an unpopular. Um... Maybe this is unpopular. I don't know, but. Uh... I don't think you should have spat in that lady's food. I think that, um, you know, look, I'm not going to say whether or not she, she deserved it, but I'm going to say that whether or not she deserved it is irrelevant, you know, cause you, Jake, you have aspirations to get out of stupid Wyoming and to, as you say, make something of yourself. And I don't want you wasting a single second of your beautiful, precious mind power, uh, devising plans and, performing actions that whose sole purpose are to enact revenge and spite upon people because uh you're i think you're better than that um and it's again it's not a question of whether or not this lady deserved it or anything like that it's a question of Mm -hmm. what are you reserving your brain power and energy for and i hope that you're reserving it for uh Thinking of ways to get the fuck out of Wyoming, and as you say, make something better for yourself. And I hope that because you you gave a vague answer when you say make something better of yourself, it's a little vague. Um, yeah. Take a second, take a second to think about what that actually means. You know, because if you don't aim at anything, if you don't. Uh, I don't believe in manifesting in this way of if you wish it you will get it but I believe it in a sense of you have <laughs> to think of something even if it's a vague idea of a something and then you'll you'll be on a path toward that does that make sense
5: yeah yeah it really it really does make sense uh, I have to thank you for for your advice of course thank you for really um, open-minded.
2: hey you know what you know what Jake my pleasure
5: I don't like you anymore, Lyle. It was a Chick-fil-A reference. It it was was a Chick-fil-A reference.
2: Talk to you soon, Jake.
5: Yep. Have a good one, Lyle.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy... And starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
2: Hello? Hello? Hi, uh, is this Amanda?
7: Yes, this is forget.
2: Yes, this is The Geck. What's going on with you, Amanda?
7: Oh, my God. I didn't expect to get on. I'm I i have I'm calling because I have COVID.
2: You're calling because you have COVID? Yes. Interesting. Okay, what's that like?
7: Um, well, this is my second time having it. Um, I'm actually vaccinated this time. So it's a lot less bad, but I'm very confused.
2: Okay. Uh, What have you been doing since you've been, how long have you had COVID for?
7: I tested positive yesterday, and I have not stopped playing Animal Crossing since.
2: Okay. So you've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Well, it says here that uh, you're trying to figure out what to do with your time because you were, quote, partying every day, and now you can't do that? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, this doesn't sound like it's going to be a long call because you found a uh, solution. You started playing Animal Crossing.
7: Well, I mean, I can't, I get bored if I play Animal Crossing for more than like an hour. You don't get bored um, after I going to wanna...
2: partying for more than an hour?
7: No, because there's stuff to do, to people to talk to when I go out.
2: You can talk to people on the computer. I'm doing it right now.
7: Well, I mean, I am too, I guess. Or would you call this Great. a phone call? Well, I
2: would, no, I'd call this a party.
7: <laughs> I like this party. I think this is a good party.
2: What do you do when you go to parties? Do you walk or are you like a social person? Do you just go up to a circle of people and go, hey, everyone, what's going on type of thing?
7: I think it depends on my mood. But lately, I've been going out and dancing like I went out to a club actually the I think that's where I got COVID. I went out to the club, and I started dancing with a bunch of strangers. Obviously, my friends were there, too, but it was just okay. like... I wound up getting um, <laughs> hit on by a couple of swingers while I was there.
2: Uh, so I guess that the uh, sort of pre-written, coded world of Animal Crossing doesn't compare to the real world that you've been living in for a while. But... Uh, Here's what you do Is Take this as a As a little breath You know Be bored Really relish in your boredom Because then when you Get cured of your COVID If you make it And look I don't know if you will But I hope you will I'm praying for you Uh, I mean prayer is no damn good At doing anything But I'll do it anyway Actually, I probably won't. I
6: appreciate this. I probably
2: won't pray for you. I'm probably going to forget after I get off the phone. Oh, but uh, you might make it, and if you do, be prepared. You know, once you go out into the world, everything will be even more exciting because you are bored for a little bit.
7: I mean, I, I guess that's a fair point, but it's it's so hard to sit and be bored. Like, I can't even go get food. Which is an easy one for me to like preoccupy my time
2: with, you know. Play more Animal Crossing. Get deeper into that. And like I said, being relish in your own boredom, Amanda, because it's gonna make everything a lot better when you're done. It's okay to be bored. Think about it like this: for most of uh the time that humanity has existed. Humans have been extremely bored. It was only into, it was only about 10 years ago when we were, started being on our phones all the time that it was unnatural to be bored all the time. But before then, people were just relentlessly bored for almost all of eternity up until recently. So get back in touch with the roots of humanity and, and just sort of sit and stare at a wall.
7: I I feel like people back when they were bored all the time could still like find things to do like that were physically active, yes. but I can't breathe very well, so I can't like go out for a run or like do those things that be be bored and active. Do you know what I mean? Like
2: get yourself a yo-yo, Amanda.
7: I I, I don't know how to yo-yo. I've never been able to learn how to like yo-yo, Amanda. Amanda,
2: we're, I look, I'm I'm sitting here, I'm giving you, you know, all these ideas and I think that you need to okay. l- be open-minded toward uh, alternative ways of keeping yourself occupied or don't keep yourself occupied, like I'm saying, I and mean, don't even get the yo-yo. Just fucking stare at a wall and learn how to be extremely bored. We have we always run into problems when we're fighting these feelings. That You have a feeling of boredom, and you're fighting it. You're trying to get it to go away. But do the opposite. Okay. Accept it. Embrace boredom into your life. Hug it, stare at the wall, and think to yourself, what a psychedelic experience I'm having right now, being in a fucking meat sack on earth, staring at this fucking wall. This is amazing. I'm so honored, lucky to feel bored in this very moment right now. I, completely sober of sound mind and body, am in awe Of the psychedelic experience I am having right now staring at this wall. I want that to be you, Amanda. So I'm hanging up the phone. I want you to go stare at the wall until you feel at one with the earth.
7: Okay, but before I stare at the wall, what color yo-yo should I get?
2: Don't get a yo-yo. Stare at the wall. Talk to you soon, Amanda. (laughs) That's what I want for her. I want that for her. Because wouldn't that be a great place to be? To not need a yo yo, to not need Animal Crossing, to not need some guy at a party talking to you or some lights and colors. And Just you and a wall. You look, if you're placed in a situation where it says you and a wall, you're going to fight it. That's going to be your instinct. You're going to fight it. You're going to go, I need to look at my phone. I need to go on the computer. I need to jack off. I need to read a book. I need to do something. I need to eat a snack. Something. That's going to be, it's your programming. But what if you were higher than your programming and you really had the superhuman ability to stare at a wall and make it interesting for yourself? That would be a superpower that I want Amanda that I don't have. I'm not going to do it, but I want Amanda to do it because I think that she can. And I think it'll benefit her throughout her life to be able to have the most fun anyone has ever had staring at a wall. All right, next phone call. Hello? Hello? How are you?
1: I'm good. This is Lyle?
2: Yes, sir. Is this uh, Isaiah?
1: Yeah, this is crazy, man.
2: Ah, uh, what's going on with you, Isaiah?
1: Um, I just kind of wanted to talk about this project I've been working on.
2: Okay, what's the project?
1: So, a little backstory. I have a type 2 bipolar disorder. Okay. And when I was a bit of a manic state, I started making a movie. I'm a... I'm a film student, and I wrote the script like a year ago, but when I was in this manic state, I took out a loan from a family member for a couple thousand dollars, and I've been working on this film for the past maybe six to eight months since since that manic state.
2: So you're saying in a manic state, you decided to create a film?
1: Well, I already wanted to, but in a in a manic, well, technically more of a hypomanic state, which is like a less severe manic state. I started like actually working on it, you know.
2: Okay, so let me ask you something. The work started while you were in a manic state, but has the work continued by you in all different kinds of states? Yes. Okay. Uh, and how has that work been?
1: Stressful, man. Really up and down. Like, it's by far the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Yep. And, um, it's like, and it's not going fantastic, but it's going, oh, you yeah. know?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, before I was a gecko, uh, back in high school... I would make movies with my friends just by myself, independent production, a lot like what you're doing. And it is, to this day, I say this full sincerity, the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life is make those fucking movies. It's fucking stressful, impossible, not a reasonable task to to go and try to make a movie. It sucks. Um, Yeah, Yeah, yeah. What is your movie about?
1: Okay, my movie is about a 13-year-old boy who kind of has a shitty home life with his him and his dad. So he decides that he that he's like, fuck it, I'm going to become a serial killer. And he goes out and he finds a victim, which is another th- a 13-year-old girl that lives nearby. And he tries to murder her. But in the process, he ends up getting his ass beat by her.
2: mm. Hmm. Is, is it, this is not an autobiographical story? Is it?
1: No, no, it is not. It's kind of. It's just kind of like a. It's like an action comedy film.
2: That's nice. Uh, is this a short or a feature? It's a feature. It's a feature. You're working on making a feature. How long are we talking? Is this is like an hour and a half long movie.
1: Uh, we're shooting for 80, 90
2: minutes. 80 90 minutes. Jesus. Okay. How many how many more days of shooting do you have left?
1: Uh right now we have 7 scheduled. I'm actually getting ready for a shoot cuz we shoot in a few hours. Um we have 7 scheduled, but we are behind schedule, so we are probably going to have to pick up a few more days.
2: You know, Isaiah, I'm uh, I'm really proud of you. I know he, uh, here's the thing. I don't and people I feel like this uh, the stream and a lot lately people are you know, chalking a lot of things about themselves up to their to their mental illnesses and whatnot, but um, give yourself credit. I know you're just talking about, like, oh, I started this in a mental state, but... Uh, in, in a manic state, but... Um, you took a leap of faith. Uh, you decided to embark on doing a really difficult fucking thing, making a feature-length movie. It's impossible. You're not supposed to do it. Um, you totally shouldn't have started, yeah. but you started. Um and it's gonna—you're mm-hmm. gonna be glad you did it. You're gonna be glad you did it, even though it was fucking painful. I know how it is to make these movies. It's it's really hard, um, and I'm proud of you for taking the leap to, to go and do it. Because a lot of people they'll just have an idea for something and they'll sit on it forever, and, and it takes a yeah. lot to decide to actually go and do it.
1: Yeah, but can I can I kind of kind of talk about kind of an issue i'm having with it
2: yeah please
1: um so i have this problem where i can't think small picture i've always i have always think big picture and i've been working on this project lately and i can't and it's just not coming together like it is in my head and it's very important you know i I sat down and i wrote this script because i had something i wanted to say and i think i communicated with the script but I'm worried that the picture, when it comes together, isn't going to say what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, like makes it's a not a lot of sense. It's like we're we're running into problems. My cast is getting sick. I'm running out of money. I'm already in thousands of dollars worth of debt. Um, I we're behind schedule, and it's just becoming more and more problematic as as things mm-hmm. go on. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, my image isn't coming out like I want it to. Yep. And I talked to, talk to my actual therapist about this, and he tells me, you know, just stick with it. You know, I say I'm over budget, behind schedule. He says that's what making a movie is, you know? Yep. But it doesn't mean it's any less stressful when it's coming from your pockets.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, going into a bunch of debt. Uh, it's expensive. Uh, it's you having to wrangle the schedules of a shit ton of people. Uh, it's you putting in a shit ton of work and effort into something and then looking at it on the screen and going, "Oh fuck, this isn't even what I set out to make." It's um yeah, it's a lot of this stuff. Uh you're in film school. This is your very first film. This is your first endeavor. And actually, uh, I, all of this shit is great because you are diving headfirst into the reality of of making a movie. Um, which is all of these horrible things, and I say it's great because it's, it's keying you in to what this experience is actually like and giving you a little moment to go, do I really want to do this? And if you, at the end of your journey, once the film is completed, once you're in the theater with the premiere and you see it on this big screen... Um, and you are in a retrospective about how you're feeling right now, because you're feeling really stressed and shitty right now, but eventually a day will come where you've wrapped and you are are looking back on this retrospectively, you'll know whether or not you want to go do it again. Um, Yeah. And that's great, man, you know, because a lot of people, they don't even try. They don't even get to have the moment where they go, I tried this, wasn't for me. They just go. Oh, I never tried. I just always thought about doing this, but I never did it because they were afraid. And you weren't afraid. You went and you did it. Um, so I think it's this is a valuable experience for you. I don't know if you're looking at it like that. You, I, I honestly like I know what it's like to be in the middle of making a fucking movie, and I can totally understand if you're not thinking about it like that right now because you're not you're not in the retrospective of this. You are in this. You don't have the perspective of being out of it yet because you're still in it but eventually you will. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does, but it's like, you know, I keep trying to focus on all that stuff, but it doesn't make it any easier, you know? No, it's not not going to. to. Yeah.
2: You know, there's nothing that I, or your real therapist or anything, what you're doing is very hard and stressful and kind of sucks, Um, and it's not gonna get easier. Um, but you'll be able to do it. you'll do it, you'll get it done if you want to.
1: Yeah yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna get through it but you will. I'll see if I survive. You'll
2: survive you won't die. I mean how much debt are we talking? How much debt are you gonna go into?
1: Um, right now we're like just a couple of thousand, maybe like four or five thousand.
2: Did you go to college?
1: I'm I'm in, I'm I'm taking I'm I'm majoring in film at my local community college.
2: Okay, are you paying to be there? No. Okay, you're not paying to be there. Okay, I mean, listen, people go into debt for fucking way more money than than a few thousand bucks um, to do dumber shit at college. So consider this uh, in a similar sense of you're going into debt to receive an education type of vibes. Because I always say to people who go to these, like, big, fancy film schools and everything, it's like, you know, I mean, you spent a few thousand bucks to to actually go and make a movie, and there are people out there who are spending 80 times what you just spent to uh, sit and learn about um, fucking Stanley Kubrick in a classroom that doesn't help them do anything. So I would think about it from that perspective.
1: Yeah, that is a good point. That is a good getting point. getting an education. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of, I guess like the experience that I've had so far has been valuable. You know, I had to present myself in a professional ma- manner when I'm out here interviewing actors and hosting auditions and working with my crew and... That's like stuff that that's big time stuff, you know, I have goals that I'm trying to get to. And I, like I said, I can't think can't think small. So it's always big goals. So this is like that's like something that I talked to my with my therapist about like how how the, the experience is invaluable. And that's what I should be focusing on the experience. But I just can't get out of my head that this project isn't going to come together like I want it to.
2: I've sunk money in and time and shit into this. Is by the way, this is why I quit fil- making films and why I like doing what I do on the internet, which is like very quick short stuff. Um, and maybe mm-hmm. after, and maybe and and you know, you have to go through the experience of trying to make a feature length film or some shit like that to really um, gain this perspective. Like, and that's why I say you're getting an education. Is um, part of th- th- dude part of embarking on like a long project is realizing that it might not come out the way you wanted it to and i remember being in a situation where i was afraid of that and i'm telling you if it happens it's fine this, this is not going to be the la- unless if you if you if you don't want it to this will not be the last thing that you make creatively you know so don't don't go in here thinking this is the last thing you'll ever do if, you, if I had to give you some sort of, you know, mindset thing that you can use right now, it would be that. This is not the last project you'll ever embark upon.
1: Yeah, I, I get that. But at the same time, like, I care about this project. I put a lot of time into it, and I, you know, good. like, I want it to be good. I want people to see it. I can't even get people to, to follow my TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like, and, I, and I'm worried about, like, if I try to go for, like, a festival run, if it's good, even going to get in, because that's more money. And maybe I'm just, like, I'm too far ahead of where I'm supposed to be at right now. Maybe I should just focus on in the moment of trying to get the thing done.
2: Yeah, please do that. Focus on the moment of trying to get the thing done. Um, Don't worry about the festival run. Don't worry about any of this shit. This is not the last movie you'll make. Look at this as a as an education, because that's what it is. Okay. Okay. Charge it to the game, as they say. Yeah. What's your
1: TikTok? My TikTok is this, that, cinema.
2: This, that, cinema. Okay, I'll check it out. Anything else you want to say to the people at the computer before we go, Isaiah?
1: Uh, no, this. thank you for your time. Uh, you're a hard lizard to reach, so I'm glad I was able to get through to you.
2: Of course. Uh, thank you for calling, Isaiah. I appreciate you, and good luck with the film.
1: Alright, thank you. Bye.
2: This is the sunk cost fallacy, which I might fall victim to all the time. I fell victim to it in the same way that Isaiah has with making movies and shit. You sink a bunch of time and a bunch of money into something, and it becomes uh, a, a big fucking ball of chain around your around your uh, your leg. Um, and I get where Isaiah's coming from because I'm not t- again I'm not talking to Isaiah in a retrospective. I'm talking to Isaiah in the height of his emotions surrounding this project, and I've been there before and if i heard what i just told isaiah in the height of the emotion i wouldn't be receptive to it either but i'm fucking telling isaiah you will eventually you will enter you will eventually you will exit this you will be older time will pass you will f- complete the project and you'll look back and you'll go oh, yes that was an education and with all this festivals and getting people to actually watch the thing and building an audience like you, you, you know, those are not gates that are closed to you because your one project didn't work out. There's, there's many opportunities ahead for Isaiah. This that cinema, I'll check it out.
0: Thanks for calling, Isaiah. Across America, BP supports more than two hundred and seventy-five thousand jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello? Oh my goodness. Hi.
2: What's your life like?
7: Oh, Pretty good right now. Um, I just recently moved. Things been getting better.
2: What? Where did you recently move to?
7: Um, I moved to Michigan from Chicago.
2: I, this is weird, but I feel like w- w- those are the same place, right?
7: <laughs> I mean, not really. I didn't move to like a big city or anything. I moved like from a big city to a little small town.
2: In my mind, I don't care about, I don't care where stuff is. Like, I think, like, Saudi Arabia and Colorado, to me, are in the same place. Does that make sense?
7: I guess. I guess it's all subjective.
2: Is there anything in particular you wanted to talk about today, Valerie? It's okay if not. Is Valerie a Valkyrie?
7: It's Valkyrie.
2: Is that a fake name or is that a real name?
7: Um. Well, I'm a sex worker, so it's my like fake name.
2: Oh. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um. What's going on with you, Valkyrie?
7: Um. But so I have like I've been like estranged from my family. I um all my family lives down in Florida, except for my immediate family lived up in Michigan here for a couple years. Uh, up until a couple years ago. Sorry. Um. And. Ever since they, like, moved away, like, I try to reach out to them and, like, meet up and stuff or just, like, call them or whatever. And no one ever really, like, answers my calls or or respond to my texts. And it, like, kind of hurts.
2: Hmm. How long have you been estranged from them for?
7: Um, it's going on, like, three years now.
2: Three years. Oh, okay, what, did, it, did something happen three years ago that was, like, the inciting incident to this?
7: Not really. I just turned 18 three years ago, and then I moved out, like, as you do. And then ever since then, it's been, like, it's such a pain in the butt to, like, try and get a hold of them.
2: What about your brothers and sisters, if you have any?
7: Um, I'm the oldest of six, but all of them, except for one of them, are under the age of 12, so they're really little.
2: Uh, oh, wow. So that's a, that's a pretty huge age gap. Yeah. Between you and five other kids.
7: Mm-hmm. I used to um, like raise. The one that's over twelve is my younger brother. His name is Ethan.
2: And how old is he?
7: He is nineteen now.
2: Okay, he's nineteen. Okay, so he's he's pretty similar in age to you. Are um are you in touch with him?
7: Um, not really. We never really got along like growing up because. I don't know, we just, like, butted heads a lot. But he doesn't ever really, like, use his phone either. So I wouldn't even, like, try to.
2: Um, So it's mainly your family members who aren't answering your
1: calls.
7: Yeah, or text or anything. Like, my dad just bought a house, and I asked him about it. And he just sent me the Zillow link with, like, no, nothing after that. And the Zillow link had nothing on it because the house has been sold.
2: Weird. So it's not a complete and utter ghosting. They're still giving you some low forms of communication. Yeah. Like Zillow links.
7: Exactly. It's all like half-assed though. Because they have like their whole family group chat that I've asked to be a part of and they won't like put me in it.
2: Ah oh, man. That's a tough that must be a, it's a tough feeling. That's a tough thing to deal with. Why do yeah. you think it is that they, um, why do you think it is that they are being so uh, dismissive of you? I
7: have to the- yeah, I think it's like because I won't move down to Florida with them. I think they all kind of resent me for that. Every time I go down there to visit, they all that's all they really talk to me about. But I yep. hate Florida. It's not a great place to live. So I still visit like once every three months. I don't see why it's a big deal.
2: You think that they don't want to talk to you because you won't go down to Florida. Are Have you ever gone um, in the past three years? Have you gone there at least to visit?
7: Yeah, I've been to Florida like twice this year already and four times in the last six months.
2: No, not not to visit just the state, but have you gone to visit your family when you were there these, 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 this year?
7: Yeah, that's all I ever go down there for.
2: Oh, okay. So you have had contact with them in the past three years.
7: Yeah, they just like don't text me back. Like as soon as I come up here, it's like I'm dead.
2: Ah, uh, okay. All right. But when you, okay, so you are not estranged from them though. When you go down there, you see them.
7: Yeah, but that's the only time I ever get anything.
2: Uh, do, when you go down there and you talk to them in person, do you tell them that you feel isolated when you're uh, out of town?
7: I do, actually.
2: And what do they say?
7: They kind of like, well, my dad, who is my main like problem, he doesn't really like say anything at all. He'll just like kind of huff, and then we'll move on to something else. But the rest of my family, like, kind of apologizes and says they'll do better. And then, like, nothing ever comes from it.
2: Hmm. Well, what's the rest of your life like?
7: Um, well, I just recently broke up with an ex-boyfriend and I moved back to Michigan just because I missed all my friends and stuff. I didn't really have a lot of friends out in Chicago. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so you're living your life. You're hanging out, and you said you're in. Mich- you're right. You moved from Chicago to Michigan, which are both yeah the same. They're about twenty miles away from each other. Uh, <laughs> and like you have are. your own. You have a. You have your own life in Michigan that you forged for yourself outside of the uh, little circle in Florida, where you have your friends and associates. And I assume maybe you even have a, a job there. I, I know everyone's kind of working from yeah. home, but. You have favorite restaurants in Michigan. You have a fucking mailman. You have a life that you've built for yourself that you can put a little flag on and lay claim to. Is that accurate?
7: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's accurate.
2: Good. And uh, I think that you, as uh, your own independent human being on this earth, uh, should take pride in that life. And I'm sorry to hear that your family... um, is not is not as proud of uh, you for that as they should be. Um, it's good that you're trying to keep contact with them. But at the end of the day, I think it's good that you ventured out of the Florida circle to f- do your own thing. Because that's what people should do.
7: Right. Yeah.
2: Um, um, it's good that you come down I'm to Florida. I'm seeing a lot in the... What do you? I, I, what are you seeing in the chat? Don't I tell people not to look at chat? But uh, what are you seeing in the chat?
7: I'm seeing a lot of like anti-sex work stuff, and like okay, don't. What's your? What's
2: what's your? What's your? Valkyrie, don't don't read the chat. Okay. Um, tell me tell me what you were going to say anyway.
7: Um, it just doesn't have my family is all actually super accepting about what I do, so that's definitely not that. I just think it's more of a. Uh, weird like communication like communication thing. They
2: want you down in Florida. It's the opposite of that I assume people in the chat are thinking that they're shunning you because of sex work, but that's not what they want you down in Florida. Yeah. Um but as we've established, you've you've built your own life with its own flag in uh Michigan, and I think it's good that you're continuing to make trips down to Florida because it sounds like family is important to you, but it's also important to you to have your own life and um you know, I know that you're experiencing issues with this, but it sounds like you're doing like a pretty good job of balancing it. I mean you go home you said three times a year. Yeah at least. Or you said you said you've been home two times in this past uh year. Yep. That's pretty damn good, man. I know people here in California who go home uh, you know, once every seven thousand years. So you're doing pretty good.
7: <laughs> thank you.
2: Uh, Valkyrie, I mean, is there anything else you want to say yeah. to the people at the computer before we go?
7: Um, not really, honestly. Uh, thank you for taking my call.
2: Of course. Uh, thank you for calling. I hope that this was of something. I hope this felt productive.
7: It, this was productive. Thank you very much.
2: Good. Uh, have a good night, Valkyrie.
7: You as well.
2: I don't. I don't. I, I. I. don't. Um. I understand why she why she doesn't want to go down to Florida. Florida sucks. Actually, I don't know why. You know why I said that? I said that just now because a lot of other people have said that Florida sucks, and I am parroting their opinions. I've been to Florida multiple times, um, and it, You know what? It's fine. I shouldn't have said it sucked. I was just saying that because I wanted to say something about a place. Because it feels good. that's why pe- this is why people do it. This is why people say things like Florida sucks, Texas is awful. Connecticut is bad. They do it because it's not because they really believe it because they f- it feels good to say that to have negative emotions. it's cathartic. the The Rangers suck. Ah, fucking Miami heat. Fuck. Ah, it feels good. It sends chemicals to the brain of happiness to be mad at something that has, not, has no sentience at all and doesn't care about you. And that's why I did it just now. And I'm sorry. <laughs>